If you have listened to the news or perhaps have social media, then you must know about the four young college students that were murdered. They were ages 20 to 21, and they were brutally killed in their Idaho rental home that they shared with two other roommates. It was a mystery until a month and a week and a half later to the cold-hearted suspect was caught. This is the story of the Idaho student murders. We want to note that we gather our information from the internet or books that have been produced about the cases. We do not talk to the families personally, so if we do get some of the information wrong, we do apologize ahead of time. Also, we will include real audio from videos we find and we'll give credits to those in our show notes. And today's trigger warnings are murder. Um, I also, before we get started, I do want to add that we take this case very seriously um, because they're pretty close in our age. How old are you? 20. Really? How old are you? Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, we do take this case seriously because it's pretty, it happened recently, very recently. And like, you can see their lives on social media. Like, they post a lot, like, on TikTok and Instagram. So it's kind of weird to see them, like, you know, all happy and alive, and the next, you know, they're gone. So it's it's kind of a, but it hits a little hard, you know? Good morning, America. We are finally back. For about what? How many months? Month? Not yeah, even two all months. Of December, really? Two months? I guess maybe. Maybe a month and a half. Yeah, about that time. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. She's been in uh, Mexico. When did you go? Uh, two weeks at the end of December. Yes, I was very lonely. I was very <laughs> <laughs> like I would get random calls from a number like. When did the first time in I'm like, oh my god! Is that Mexico? I said, hey girl. Yeah. So how was up all my grandma's minutes? <laughs> yeah. So we was, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good, good, good. We was talking really fast. Yeah. But how was that trip for you? Very good. You have any how stories for us? Uh, no. I know you got a little bit of something up in there. So. Well, anyways, um, she she just had fun over there. <laughs> um. So, anyways, we'll get to the case here. Maybe y'all know most about the case already because it's literally all over the news and found its way on TikTok. Now, originally, like when I heard about the case, I didn't pay attention to it because it said Moscow, 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 right? And I'm like, oh, that's Russia. That's not our country. And then, like. Over time, it's at Idaho, and I'm like, oh my god, that's in a that's the United States. So I was I, at first I was thinking it was in Russia because of Moscow. Anyways, um, well, where did the Moscow come from? What do you mean? That w- I'll get Is to it that. The part. name of the city? Yes, that was the name of the city, Moscow, Idaho. That's why it confused me a little bit. Um, while the suspect was on the run, TikTok was swarming with the case, and you can actually get an insight, obviously, about their lives before this tragedy. And it really shows a person living their life and the next day they're gone. And when I went on one of the girls' TikTok, they literally posted a video a year earlier before the murder. Like, to the day. Oh. It's, like, wicked. It was weird. Um, But also, they had... I mean, I was never in it. I mean, I've seen it to, like, later. They had on Facebook, there was a group talking about it and they had TikTok, you know, conspirators, conspiracies. Yeah. Like crimes, conspirators on there talking about it and, you know, people following the case, but making their own assumptions. And it's kind of what made the case like people pointed fingers at people who weren't even the suspect. And it kind of, I wouldn't say ruined the people's lives, but, you know. It messed with them, you know what I'm saying? Pretty little liars. Sure, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about that show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I wanted to tell this one because maybe there are people out there that really don't know the details about it or get confused. So we are hopefully going to clear the air for y'all and like give an insight of what's really going on currently now. Um, we are recording on January 27th. So anything that happens past this time, yeah, we wouldn't know of, you know? We apologize. Yes. So maybe at the time we release this, more info is coming out. Hopefully. But anyways, we'll get to that later. Around 11 a.m. on November 13th, 2022, the Moscow police received a call from the Kings Road residence in Idaho, stating that there was somebody unconscious on the floor. There was kind of a little, like, it was kind of hard to figure out what the phone call, when it not really when it was placed, but, like, what was going on at the scene when police arrived. Because... People say that they had called over their friends to try to help or, like, figure out what was going on. Or I think it was just them. I'm not real sure about that part. Um, But when the police got there or, like, first responders. Who called the police? One of the roommates. Oh, so there's four girls and two roommates? No, there was four. uh, No, let me get my math right. Five. Five in total people that lived in the house. I'll tell you later. Hold on. It'll but get there. <laughs> Just wait. Um, so when the first responders showed up, there were, according to what I read, there was other people there with the roommates. And on, so I watched a Hulu, the Hulu show of, um, the case and in the show it said that the first responder got there and the only word that they heard when they got there was dead i think the kids thought that they were laying unconscious i don't know it's kind of confusing i really don't you know it's kind of hard to like picture it but the first responder entered upon a scene the city of moscow has not seen in a big minute and possibly ever the city of Moscow hasn't had a homicide in over seven years since this tragedy. So, yeah. This horrifying case took place in Moscow, Idaho. For those who didn't even know this city existed, it sits right near the border of Idaho and Washington. When I looked at the pictures, because, you know, I've never been that up north. Um, it, it's like, a, let me describe it to you. It's like a nature old-fashioned kind of city. It's like a farming city. It's a cold state, I think. As of 20... It's up top. Oh, so it's cold, right? But those people are already... They're not... They don't think it's cold. They, they It's mid for them. But we'd be like freezing up there, you know? Mm-hmm. As of 2022, the population sat at around 44,000 people. According to the city of Moscow, their website states that settlers were first drawn to the area in 1871 with abundant grassland and available timber for building. The area was first named Hog Heaven, which was later changed to Paradise Valley. In 1877, Samuel Neff filed for a postal permit under the name of Moscow because the area reminded him of his hometown, Moscow, Pennsylvania. In 1875, the city's first store was opened on what is now Main Street. Moscow grew with the arrival of the railroad in 1885. The town became incorporated in 1887 and was chosen as a site for a land-grant institution, the the University of Idaho, in 1889. Idaho achieved statehood in 1890. So, a little background on it. The area is gathered by students because of the University of Idaho. So, I'm going to refer it the University of Idaho as UOI instead of U of H. That's really fast to say, but this is U of I. You can just say UI. UI? UOI? Or we're going to call it UI. U of I. Let's do U of I. Because it's kind of hard. Okay. So, listen. Amongst these students found deceased in their off-campus rental home were Ethan Chapin. He was 20. Zanna Carnoodle, 20. Madison Mogan, 21. And Kaylee Gonzalez, 21. They also shared the house with two other roommates. So Ethan did not live there as he was only there staying the night with 
his girlfriend, Zana. Zana is one of the roommates? Yes. So he was staying there that night. Um, but unfortunately, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. On Saturday, November 12th. Who was the other one? Hmm? You said there was five. We got Zana, Madison, Kaylee, and the two other girls. That's five. The two other girls. The roommates. Yeah, five. Then where's Ethan? Doesn't that make six? Well, yeah, okay, in the house right now. Or at the time it happened, six people were in the house. Oh, but five people live in there? Yes, the girls. All girls. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. On Saturday, November 12th, Kaylee posted a picture of all of them together on Instagram. Let me show it to you? So you can get an idea. So those are all the roommates that live. The girls. everybody in there. In, in that, that house at that, that time. Night. Okay. I think so, yes, because there's. Let's see. Yeah. So okay. I'm gonna show, I'm gonna oh, oh. I'm gonna it's don't get them confused. I got them confused at first, but okay, so that's Madison, Mogan. Okay. That's Kaylee. And I'll show it to you again at the very end so you can really type it all together. That's Ethan and that's Xana. These two were the two roommates, and people were gunning for them. Like when it first came out, they were saying that they had a thing in it. Like a but but I'll tell you more later. I'll just keep it open for you so you don't get confused. So they lived in the house and then they're all visiting? No, everybody lived in the house but Ethan. So why do you keep saying they're roommates? The roommates, those two roommates didn't, uh, they didn't die that night. They survived. It's so just. So they're all roommates except for the guy. Yes. So why do you just keep calling them two roommates? Because those are the roommates who survived. Everybody else. Yeah. Okay. One, two. There's five and six. Okay. Let me sh- let me see if it has just them four. Okay, those are the roommates right there. Those are them. Okay. Okay. Let me con- if you get confused or you want to see a picture again, I ha- I'll have more for you so you can really get an idea. Okay. So on Saturday, November 12th, Kaylee, which is the one right here. That one right here. In the photo, Madison is sitting on top of Kaylee's shoulders and then right next to them are Ethan and Zana. They are smiling and enjoying the moment together. And the Instagram captioned is one lucky girl to be surrounded by these people every day. That just tells you how much they enjoyed each other and to be around each other. Before they headed out on a night through the town, they did go their separate ways. Kaylee and Madison, the, the one on each other's shoulders, they're actually, they grew up together. So they are like sisters. And in the Hulu movie or like show, they describe them as like more than best friends, like tight sisters. because They were always together doing everything. Met, you know, in the fifth, sixth grade. And that was it. Like there was just no going back. Um, they always had each other. And um, Karen, Maddie's mom has said, you know, and she, she's always said, um, you just need one good friend in life. And they were each other's one good friend, um, for better or for worse, because they had plenty of their fights, honestly, most of the time at Kaylee's fault. The two were more like sisters, inseparable. Maddie was the bonus child to the Gonzalez family. They did everything together. Um, and so it's unfortunate that they had to experience this tragedy together. So they went to a bar and then Ethan and Zana went to like a frat party. But first, Ethan went to a, this ball gathering with his sister. Um, I think at her sorority house. Wait, that's a sorority. That's a sister thing, right? The sorority? Okay. And then later on, he met with Zana at his fraternity party. At the time, not much was said about anything suspicious with the party. And in the show, there was a guy that was saying, like, they were just enjoying their night, like, enjoying each other, just dancing and singing per usual. With Madison and Kaylee being at the bar, the police went ahead and looked at the footage there and noticed the two girls talking to a man. But police didn't find anyone or anything to be incriminating. They are then caught on a street or business camera walking down the street with an unidentified man. In the video, you can hear what I think to be as Kaylee asked, Maddie, Maddie, what did you tell Adam? And then Maddie said, I told Adam everything. So later on that night, Kaylee and Madison are seen on a food truck 
Twitch live stream ordering food. Like, clear as day, and you can hear their voices and, like, what they ordered. And then throughout the whole time that they're there, you can see them. So you never lose sight of them. I believe in the in the video, I believe it's Madison. She's kind of stumbly, you know, from drinking too much. Because, you know, they went to a bar. They was just having fun. And they were, so he, I don't know which one it was. I think it was Madison. She had found, I think, a friend there and went to go and hug him. And then they, they were just talking with him for a minute. And then after that, they booked a, it's a, it's like a private car service for the students. So it's like a, a car service for that college. The police investigated him and ruled him out. A little before two, everybody gets home and then this is registered through the, the private car service and one of the other roommates that had talked to the police. So that one of those two roommates had, uh, what do you call it? confirmed that they all had been there before too according to the court affidavit dm that's what they call one of the roommates she stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom in the southeast side of the second floor it was three floors and it was like it was a weird shaped home not a weird shape but it was weird layout i'll have to show you more pictures uh, DM stated that she was awoken at approximately 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like Gonzalez's, so Kaylee's dog, um, like playing with the dog upstairs in the bedroom, which was located on the third floor. A short time later, DM said she heard who she thought was Kaylee say something to the effect of, there's someone here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Kernoodle's phone, so that's Zanna, Ethan's girlfriend, you got any questions? Who's Carnoodle? Zanna. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that's her last name. name. Yeah. She, through her phone records, you could see that she was on TikTok at approximately 4.12 a.m. And on TikTok, they found her comment on a video at that time. At like, I mean, I don't know if you can see it was at 4, but on that day, you could see her, her, um, her comment on the video. DM stated she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything. And when she heard the comment about someone being in the in the house, DM stated that she opened the door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Xana's room. DM then said that she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. At approximately 4.17 a.m., a security camera located at a neighbor's house picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper, followed by a loud thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at 4.17 a.m. The security cameras is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Zana's bedroom. DM says she opened her door a third time after she heard crying and saw a male figure dressed in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her. Described the figure, she described the figure as 5'10 or a taller male, not very muscular, but athletic build with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. Like, you could imagine, like, if someone's walking through, you're going to freeze, right? What would you do in that moment? Like, what if you're, but you know what I'm thinking? Like, say you're rooming with a bunch of people, you know, you don't. This isn't a sorority house? No, this is not a sorority house. Because sorority houses have more, like yeah, 20 there's girls. more people in there. This is like an apartment type deal. Okay. And let me continue this and I'll come back to it. Um, the male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. And then DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads in investigators to believe that the murderer had left the scene now i can get where she's coming from like okay let's say you're rooming with five other girls you know they're not gonna text you like oh i have someone coming over especially when you're you got home from partying you're not gonna know who's really gonna come in and out the house i mean i don't know what rules they had set up there but let's say you're in your room and your friends down the hallway and let's say someone walks by and you know most people are wearing those um shysty masks you know, that just covers, you're not gonna really think twice. Are you gonna think twice about it? Or you're just gonna be like, mm, 
You are? You're going to be a little cautious. Well, you would be a little cautious. Yes. But you would do exactly what she did, lock her door and just go to bed, right? No. Oh, okay. What would you do? I would do? probably text him like, hey, who's this in the house? Like, do you have somebody over or what? Okay. How he- would you just go to sleep when you don't know who's walking in there? But like, but because you don't know whatever, who's bringing who in. Exactly. So that's like, you wouldn't text. Like, I would have like closed my door and then text him like, hey, is there some, or did you invite somebody over? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't just go to sleep like, okay, somebody's here that I don't know. That's true. That's- but- I don't know if I heard it, watched it, whatever. I think they said they don't just let anybody in. They It's all friends of each other. So, I mean, there's no telling what she was feeling in that moment or what she was thinking. You have no idea, you know what I'm saying? Um. So, oh, shit. Something was re... Uh, re, re um, what do you call that when you bring it back? Redacted. I mean... Take it away. Yes. In the very beginning of this affidavit, they had redacted something. But it was a whole page. Oh. It was in the first page of the affidavit. I'm going to read it right here. Because when... Well, no, I can't read if it's redacted, right? I mean, you can. Okay. I want to know what it says. Okay. So in the first page of this affidavit um it describes the team going in and where they found each other or where they found them i'm gonna read this little paragraph now it was redacted so i don't know what that means in a sense they took it away because of what though it's probably something they can't use or they don't want it used to be against them okay so let me just read it so ofc smith um i don't know that's a big person though like a head person so him and let's see, Sergeant Bliker. Okay, entered the King King Road residence through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Uh, they walked upstairs to this. I'm just gonna refer to them as they. They walked upstairs to the second floor, and Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom of the second floor, which I later learned through Xana's driver's license and other personal personal belongings found in the room, was Xana Kernoodle's hereafter Kernoodle room. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. I found on TikTok or somewhere a layout of the house. You can literally walk it. It's like a, when you sell a home. Like a 3D tour? Yeah, so you had a better idea. Okay, so I think it's on the second floor. I think it's like a living room. And then there's like three rooms in the far corner. I don't know how to explain it. But as I approached the room, I could see a body later identified as Xana laying on the floor. She was deceased with wounds, which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male later identified as Ethan was also deceased with wounds later determined Oh, that's right. They redacted it. So they redacted his autopsy report. You think they redacted so that people can't read it on here? Or do you think they're going to use it? Did they redact the whole autopsy? Look at the page. It's fully blank. Oh, everybody's? I don't know who's... Okay. Okay, so in the affidavit, there's first page... And then it says redacted at the bottom. So I think the first page I just read wasn't redacted. It's the page after because it's completely blank. Um, Because then it states on the next page, county medical examiner blank. They whited out dated December 15, 2022 to be caused by sharp force injuries. So maybe they cut out his autopsy report. And the other ones too. Hmm. Yeah, because they didn't talk about it again. Do you want to hear where they found the other ones? Mm -hmm. I then followed Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms, one bathroom. The the bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee. Um, I later learned from the review of Officer Nunez's body camera. There was a dog in the room when Moscow police officers initially responded. So the people who got there first was the police. 
to clear that air. The dog belonged to Gonzalez, Gonzalez, so Kaylee, and her ex-boyfriend, Jack. People were gunning for Jack because through the night, she kept calling him and calling it and calling him. I don't know why, but... um. So I think they had a pretty good relationship with the dog and stuff. Um, I found out in my interview with Jack Dosher um, on November 13, 2022, that he and Gonzalez shared the dog. Smith then pointed out a small bat- bathroom on the east side of the floor. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's... Uh, with Madison Mogan. As I entered this bedroom, I could see two females in the single bed in the room. Both Kaylee and Mo- Madison were deceased with vis- visible stab wounds. Also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side. This, that sheath, I think, I don't think they let that out to the public until they caught him. Because, you know, if you keep secrets from the public, less likely the, the suspect will, you know, get himself ready, I guess you could say. But um, that's some of the affidavit. Um, I'll read some more, but through, you know, what I wrote. Is there anything in there that what the roommate said? Those two girls that are alive, did mm-hmm. they say anything? I didn't read it all. Because it's like a lot of pages. It's morely describing how they caught, where he was going. The I have to, I'll get back to that. I may read this and then we could check it later. During the processing of the crime scene, investigators found a Latin sh- latent shoe print. This was located during the second processing of the crime scene by the ISP forensic team. By first using a presumptive blood test and then amino black a protein stain that detects the presence of cellular material. The detected shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern similar to the pattern of Vans-type shoes just outside the door of DM's ballroom. I guess they could locate it. I mean, they say a bedroom. I think this is more of the affidavit. Affidavit. This is consistent with DM's statement regarding the suspect's path of travel. So she was she was telling the truth about him leaving past her bedroom because you've seen a, foot, a footprint. So with this information, they conducted a video canvas, per the affidavit, of the neighborhood. This is where they collected the video footage of the white Elantra. Elantra or Leontra? Elantra. Thank you. Thought to be a 20, 2011 to 2013. Um, it was identified by a forensic examiner that had a lot of years on him. But after getting a closer look, it looked to be more of a 2011 to 2016 Elantra. Now, they got so many spots of this car a couple of hours before and also minutes before the murders. And the vehicle had made several drives past the house, like pulled into it and then drove out, you know. So you can just tell this thing was planned because mm-hmm. he drove around, you know, checked it out and, you know, stuff like that. Okay, let me cut that part. But in the affidavit, they state that the car is seen around 4.20 a.m. speeding away from the neighborhood, and then they followed it through several cameras leading them to Pullman, Washington, which is 10 miles from Moscow. And in Pullman, there is the Washington State University. And that's where the police were given more camera data showing the car driving on or near the campus. Campus police looked for an identical make and color registered to or registered with WSU. And that's where the driver of the car is identified as Brian Kohlberger. Well, you interested, huh? Them eyebrows went up when I mentioned that name. <laughs> that was just really fast. What do you mean? I was tracking. Well, they didn't catch him like that. It was kind of over time. Like, they would ask for the cameras around. And then also, people had given them data because there was a gas station lady that went through her footage and then handed it over. I guess everybody came together as a community and, you know, worked with the police. It wasn't as fast as I put it, but to narrow it down. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, well, I got to the point is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, upon looking at his license, they noticed the similarities in the killer's description and his license. 
But through digging through records, he was pulled over before the crimes and the police officer's body camera had captured Brian giving out his number. With this brand new information, they tracked where his phone had been with the use of a search warrant through like 18. Or I don't know what, but they use that search warrant to go through it, like AT&T or whatever, through it to get all his little spots he went. Mm-hmm. Um, they then realized that his phone was not using the cell service near the victim's house at the time suspected of the time of the murders which led the detectives to believe that they are not messing with someone who doesn't know what he's doing. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Upon further investigation, the phone was turned off at the time of travel to Moscow, and then it was turned back on once he got closer to Pullman. So they decided that let's gather all the records since he got that phone set up with AT&T, and they noticed that he stalked the house 12 times before the murders. I'm telling you, this mug planned it out. So... It was either in the late evening or the early morning hours. Um, According to the affidavit, based on my training and facts of the investigation thus far, I believe that Koberger, the user of the phone, was likely the driver of the white Elantra and has observed departing Pullman, Washington, and that is the vehicle is likely suspect vehicle one. Additionally, the route of travel of the phone dating the early morning hours of November 13th and the lack of phone signal reporting to AT&T between 2.47 and 4.48 a.m. is consistent with Koberger attempting to conceal his location during the quadruple homicide that occurred at the King Co- King's Road residence. That makes sense? Yes. So he turned his phone off when he so left. he wouldn't be tracked. Because he knows yeah. what he's doing, mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing because I'm going to get into it. You're going to be like, what the heck? And it all makes sense. Afterward, his location is picked up. So I, I'm pretty much gathering everything I've read and narrowing down. Because it's a lot and a long process that they took. to. Fight. It was like six weeks till they caught him from the murder. The murders. That's kind of quick. That is actually kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Because usually without much evidence, it's going to take what? It could take years. Months. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a month, right? Month and a half? A month and a half. Yeah. I mean, we said that in the beginning. But anyways. A month, and a week, and, and a half. half. <laughs> um, afterward, his location is picked up back when he got closer to his home. Over the next six weeks, he's on the run, but not known that he is the killer. They don't know he's the killer. He and his father were making the trip back to Pennsylvania for the holidays. And you got to remember, this happened in November. Mm-hmm. So the holidays were literally approaching. And it's kind of crazy how they didn't have their kids there when they did Christmas and stuff. So you could just imagine like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they, so he's traveling back home to celebrate this holiday with his family, knowing dang well he just took kids from their parents and stuff, you know. And, you know, the, the parents haven't seen their kids in freaking how long. And now, you know, they're fixing to do Christmas and it's just not. It's not cool. Not right. Um, while on this big, long stretch, you know how far Pennsylvania is from Idaho? Mm-hmm. Oh, because you know your states, huh? Cross country. Yeah, long as heck. They were pulled over twice. Um, it was for, like, he's getting too close to the car in front of him and, I guess, speeding. But who, they w- who was driving? Him. Yeah, okay. And his dad was in the passenger seat. Oh, okay. I don't think his dad, he, he, no. His dad didn't know about the murders. So, as in, like, he didn't know he did it or he didn't know about him? I don't know, but I, I'm pretty, he didn't know he, he'd done it. Okay. He probably knew about it because it was, it was literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. But both times that he got uh, pulled over, he was left with a warning. Hello. How you doing? How y'all doing today? Good, good. Take a look at your driver's license real quick if I could. See, he's right up on that van, man. He was right up on the back end of that van. Pulled you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay. Cool. Where are you headed? Well, we're coming from WSU. And we're just going in early. 
watch WSU. Yeah, I go to the university basically. So we're okay. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you because of the traffic. So you're coming from Washington State University, yeah. and you're going where? Oh. We're going to be going to Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. We're a little, we're slightly much for hours. Hours, days. Hours to drive. Well, yeah. almost a day. Okay. Out of nowhere, the Moscow police had released that they had the suspect in custody and the FBI hit a key part of this investigation. I remember I was, um, I was at work and we were on break. And I was on, I don't know what it was, Phaser or something. And they had released that they caught him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, they didn't release nothing. Like, no information of, like, how we're going to catch him or whatever. And then suddenly they had a suspect and in custody. That's kind of smart, though. Not telling the public of anything and then got him, you know? Well, they don't tell the the public anything because murder the people who did it mm-hmm. they only know certain details of what happened so like if whenever you like whenever you bring someone in to question them and mm-hmm. they say a specific detail that the they didn't release out to the public that's how they know <laughs> that's how yeah. but it would this kind it really didn't happen with this one because let me tell you why um, what police didn't release with the public till after his arrest is that Brian had left that remember that knife sheath I was talking about? Mm-hmm. It's a knife holder mm-hmm. and it had the US military corp symbol on it. And they were able um they were able to get his DNA off of the like with the swab off the button part. But they didn't know whose exact DNA it was because he's never been in the court system. So what they did was they put it through a family tree DNA and dug and dug and dug until they got to Brian as a suspect. Well, not Brian specifically, but I guess his family. You think um, whenever uh, babies are born, they should take their DNA and put it in the system? That's a lot of people, though. Big system. But I mean, that's... You know what I think? I can't tell you until I read the whole thing. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. Okay, okay. Um... With the right age and right place and everything. So they got, they, oh, that's what they did. They narrowed it down to somebody currently living in that area mm-hmm. at the same age as them, or like the same age as the suspect, you know? But they needed that to match. So they stalked, stalked his place in Pennsylvania until they threw out their trash. And that's when the FBI were able to get DNA from the trash. And it was a 50% match, meaning it had to be Brian's father. Mm-hmm. So they just knew it had to be him. So they did a um, raid or a hit, whatever, at 3 a.m. on Friday morning. I think this had to have been, I don't know exactly when. But they then brought him in, and then they took another DNA test, and it was a perfect match. Mm-hmm. So once they got him, they w- he was um, extradited back to Idaho. And then that's where they did the... Right, the preliminary hearing. So, would you like to explain what preliminary? Pu- I don't even know what preliminary. You had said it. It just is like a before the actual court thing. Should we look up the definition? Like a, yeah. Okay. So, a preliminary, a preliminary, preliminary hearing is like a mini trial. The prosecution will call witnesses and introduce evidence, and the defense can cross-examine witnesses. However, the defense cannot object to using certain evidence, and in fact. Evidence is allowed to be presented at the preliminary hearing that could not be shown at jury to the jury at trial. So, can you explain this to me? A mini trial. That's all I got from it. Okay, so it says most common preliminary hearing is the initial appearance, which is called the first appearance. Various procedural steps may be taken during the initial appearance. Oh. Okay, it says this is the phase that most people associate with courtroom dramas portrayed on TV, the trial phase. So he doesn't get charged yet. Mm-mm, it's just like a like a before everything. What's the cases they're presenting? Oh, like on that How to Get Away with Murder? They present everything and then they leave and, and then, then they come, come back. back for the actual court date. Okay, so it was kind of confusing on that part. So they I think they did that in Pennsylvania. Uh, no, they they took him back to Idaho to do that, I think. But they 
They said they already had charges for him. Murder? I guess or is, they the DNA matched. Or because he's in jail right now. So on Fox 13 Seattle, which I will put in the show notes, everything that I use. Fox 26 Houston. Damn. <laughs> she knows that. <laughs> but um, everything I find on the internet, I will put the um, links and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fox 13 says that. Koberger is being held for extradition in Monroe County Court for four counts of first-degree murder and a felony count burglary charge. Oh, he's being held. That means he hasn't been. You did it. So, uh, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. It's like, this is what you could be charged for if found guilty. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're under arrest. It all makes sense now. Okay, so I found that on Fox 13 Seattle, and I will quote that in the show notes. Because I, d- I didn't understand how they had these charges set up, but nobody was charged. I mean, he wasn't charged, so why is he in jail? But I guess it's because he's being held, being yes, held he on is. those charges. He's not found guilty. And when he finds gets found guilty, he going to the federal. Yes. And you know what? I think they were saying that he could get the death penalty. Mm. What do you What do you think? I haven't had do? that in a while. Do they have it over there in Idaho? Is it legal? Know. I mean, I haven't heard anybody get a death penalty. Oh, what do you What would you give him? I don't know. Well, this world is becoming more peace, love, and joy ish. Mm-hmm. I meant like like they're taking away it. Yeah, like yeah. they're all woohoo, human rights, you mm-hmm. know, kind of stuff. And they're like, no, we shouldn't kill nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but what would you? But I, this is also very um, Gen Z, young. Mm-hmm. So people don't really, you know, they don't have as much sentim- sentimental stuff as older people. You no, know what I mean? No, I'm not getting. Like, older people are more. Like, gen- like us, like, we're very, like, we don't give a <gasps> shit about anything. Really? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I, I mean, feel like it's because, like, uh, we're focused. As in, like, this kind of stuff, not other stuff. Like, human rights, like, we give, we get, we care about the human rights and stuff. No, but, like, 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 murders and stuff, like, we don't care. Like, we will kill the guy ourselves kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. No? Like, um, like, you know how we say. Oh, like. Oh, you killed mine. I'm gonna kill you. Yes. I don't give a damn about yes, exactly because the justice system is fucked up anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get to you before they get to yes. you. I guess. I feel like your generation is more of that. Side. You think? Yes. What would you do as a judge? What would you? Well, him? this was very intentional. Very planned, planned out. Yes, he knew what he was doing, and I do want to add that. I don't know if it's true. Don't quote me on this. I don't know if it's true. He follows. No, I think this is true, but I don't know about the DMing part. But he had to follow all the girls in the house or the ones he, like he killed. Like stalked or? Followed them on Instagram. Oh, okay. But. Did they follow them back? No, none of them did. Okay. And he was blowing up one of them on his their DMs, but they never responded. And in the show, the Hulu show, Kaylee had a stalker. They don't know who it was because she never reported or she never said anything. I mean, she told her parents about it, but she they never she never described who it was. So I don't know, but we'll get to that later. We'll ask that question later. Y'all are probably wondering who this guy is and why you think he decided to kill those innocent and happy college students that had so many so much stuff going for them. Well, his background is kind of interesting as to how or why he would do this. He's never given a motive. I mean, he's never gave a motive as to why he did this. And I'm really interested to see why. But I honestly think it's for rejection. What do you, well, let me, what do you think if you. Sounds you, like it. He followed all of them. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even go. He, he didn't even go to he, the, he didn't the even school. No. And if, if it's true about. Him DMing the one of the girls and he they never responded. It had to be rejection. Yeah. Or so have the police gone through the phones? His phone? Everybody's phone? I'm not sure. They haven't said anything. Maybe they don't want to release that either. Like for like evidence. I just I guess wait till this is all. His real trial starts June. Damn, that's far away. 
Not really, but yeah. Um. Anyways. The press is originally from eastern Pennsylvania. And it's weird how Moscow, Moscow, Idaho was started from a guy from Oscar, Moscow, Pennsylvania. That that's weird. How he's from Pennsylvania. You know what I'm saying? It's kind I of I think that's just a coincidence. Okay. Zary. <laughs> he received a Master of Arts in Criminal Justice. That's why he knows everything. Mm. And wait. Well, he left his thing there, so I wouldn't say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was probably like in the What's moment. What's it called? Sheath. A sheath. A sheath. No, I don't think it's that. Sheath. A cover. A knife, knife cover. cover. And then he transferred to Washington State University to get his doctorate in criminal justice. Mm. And wait, there's more. He worked as a teacher's aide is there as well because in the show, there was a guy like, oh, he was my teacher aide and he graded my stuff after the killings. He was like, good luck to your future and stuff. Like, this mug didn't give a fuck. It didn't bother him. How that he, old is he? Who, him? Girl, I don't know. I did not look that up. I think he's like... Let me check. 28. Doctor, yeah, I don't think so. What's the doc? Why? Why? Does he have to go the four years for the bachelor's mm-hmm. and then two-year master's and then you do get the doctorate? So he got some age on him. Yeah. Um, The university, obviously, like I said, is close to Moscow. And originally, he planned to get in the police force during high school. Um, the school in Pennsylvania, according to the New York Post, the he had made a um, a questionnaire of when he was, you know, getting his thing over there. He asked the respondents, the questions he asked respondents took on an eerie new significance in light of his alleged crimes, including... Before making your move, how did you approach the victim or target? After committing the crime, what are what were you thinking and feeling? Did you prepare for the crime before leaving your home? What were you thinking and feeling at this point? And why did you choose that victim or target over others? And then I was actually looking up right now, and it says that... I think... When he was at the Washington State University getting that doctorate, he was trying to get into the police force. They had this little program or something. He was steadily trying to get into the police force. He knows what he's doing with the crimes. He's a he's he's a criminal that knows what he's doing because he got the knowledge of it. You know what I'm saying? So you can tell that he already had some type of idea that he was going to do something. Oh, okay. What are your thoughts on the questionnaire that he made? It was on Reddit. Sus. Like, he know, like, do you think he used those to. Yes. Towards the crime? To him. His advantage and, like, oh, what could I. How could. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Take tips from other people. It's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Do you think they can pull the, um, the problem up there? What? Do you think they could pull the, what do you call those? What do you call Brain. The, no, the, um, incapable of trial. Uh, mentally ill? No, they call it something else. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. They mentally can't stand trial, something like that. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying. Yes. Do you think they could pull that? No. Why do you not think? He could do mentally ill. Because he's going to school. He's been going to school. Mm-hmm. Doctorate. I mean, they would have caught something if he was. Yeah. Okay, so not much is really known about him, like, though, like, growing up. I mean, you oop. think he could say that uh, school was too much for him? And he got stressed out? Yeah. And, and no. Because if that was seriously the problem, because it didn't seem like it, because like I said, he wrote to his students when he was a teacher aide, commenting on his post, like, um, good luck on your career, like, good job. It's not giving stressed. Um, no, not that he is stressed. I mean, it like a mental like break. Gonna say like he, a mental break. He's going to say that it was school. You know? Overtook him. Like, yes. it over. Yes. Like, it was too much for him. Well, you should have took a break. You shouldn't have killed nobody. 
That's just, no. The judge should not, no. There's other ways to do that other than kill people. Stupid ass. Anyways. Um, his old friends had stated that he was different as he got older. He was this tough guy who was a bully, and over time, they didn't want nothing to do with him. So that kind of tells you who he is. How tall is he? She described in the thing 5'11". 5'10". But they... I don't know how so tall he is. Let me look that up for you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah they don't know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but to lighten up the mood and talk about each of the roommates and a little about their relationships with each other. The four students, as told by their friends and family, to be nothing but bundles of joy. They enjoyed each other's company the most, and you can see how happy they were all together. Childhood best friends, and they did everything together. They were so happy to actually be moving into the same apartment, and they were an inseparable pair. Most say that they were put here to be best friends, because if you had Kaylee, then you had Maddie. You know, they grew up together, but then they also died together, as they were found right beside each other in the same bed. And that's what I think one of the dad. I don't know who's. Oh, I think it was Kaylee's dad. I think because they had a um a visual for them. I, I think a stadium, one of the stadiums or whatever, or like a gym. And he had said that they were always together, and then they died together. So they were like true room soulmates, pretty much. Kaylee was the type of person to be there whenever their whenever her people needed her the most, like the mom group of the friend mom. <laughs> Cut, like the mom friend of the group. Maddie herself was described to by her dad to have loved pink. He said in the show that on her 21st birthday, everything was pink. Like, if you came in wrong with the wrong shade of pink, she you were going to hear from it. Cut, you were going to hear from her. You know? Cut, don't ever say you know. I'm trying to drain my brain over here. It was also her favorite color pretty much her whole life. In her room over there at the house, it was pink. Because she had uh, sent pictures to her dad. He also said that she was a really fun person to be around. And another thing was crazy that he mentioned was that they love to bond over music. And the one song that reminds her, reminds him of her is Angel, the one in the arms of the angel. Because when he said Angel by Sarah, I think that's her, I don't know. I was like, huh? And then they played it. I was like, oh. And then what's crazy is that she actually had angel wings tattooed on her. Mm-hmm. So they him the dad and her sister, I think, or his sister is going to go get it tattooed. Mm-hmm. Ethan was actually a part of triplets. And they all went to the same university. <laughs> That's wicked. Yeah. They don't they kind of don't really I mean they do look alike but don't look alike. They're not identical twins. No, they're not. No, they're the same age. I was like, hmm. But if they're identical, they I mean, look- triplets, not twins. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's crazy. Also, in the show, it says that his family was really close, but him individually, but them individually, like, because you know, they're triplets. Ethan worked at a tulip field in the parking lot or in the actual fields. His boss had said that he was an amazing worker, and his coworkers said that he didn't have an ounce of bad in his bones. He was nothing but amazing and nice. In order to remember him, they name a tulip after him. <laughs> it said Ethan Smile. It was it was a cute little tulip field. And they showed pictures of him and everything. And then at the end, they showed like, them planting it. And then they put the little stick in where it says his name. It says Ethan Smile. His family also says that the school has made new scholarships in his name. His family also says that the school has made new scholarships for him in his name. And also nonprofit through, like, I think, his basketball. Like, through basketball? Because he played? Him and Xana as a couple were described as the couple who were fun to be around in a true definition of a relationship. Xana was the type of person to give her all to the people she loved the most. Through her TikToks and videos, she seemed to be like the person you could invite anywhere and have the most fun together. So, yeah, that was who they were as people. And they, like, you can look at their Instagram and, like, she has some TikTok videos put up. And then what people also were saying was that because they all, I think on TikTok, they all posted their house, 
in different videos. So it was like he kind of, if he was able to watch the TikToks, he was able to get the layout yeah. of the house and get it pre-planned. But what was crazy is that um, Kaylee, she had the most stab wounds or the most worst stab wounds than everybody else. So mm-hmm. it kind of ties into the Instagram thing, the, the DMs. DMs. So I think his motive had to have been rejection. Rejection. You couldn't take rejection. Yeah. Mm, interesting. What do you think his trial is gonna? What do you think the trial is gonna look like? For him, at least. And they were saying how um, that the the girls who survived have to go through the trial twice, like of everything, the evidence and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be pretty. But what not do you th- for them? No. Yeah. So what do you think it's going to be for him, the trial? Like, what do you think he's going to receive? Receive? I don't think the death penalty. Oh, I don't think the death penalty he would get. You don't think? No. Okay, what do you think? Life? Probably. Most likely. Because it's like a a pretty open shut case. Deadass. It was like, what, a month? And they already found him? Like, people think that's a lot. But whenever you listen to a lot of crime cases and stuff, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I guess I would say I don't I doubt it would be life. You doubt it's life? No, I meant the penalty. Sorry. <laughs> oh sorry, the death penalty. Doubt doubt it'd be death yeah. penalty. So you're thinking life. Yeah. Maybe he'll be killed in prison, I would say, because I hope to dear this God is Jesus. Very, we're at a time where it's very news and social media gets over really fast. Mm-hmm. So people are gonna know who he is really But quick. unless they put him in like a solitary thing. Oh yeah. I'm hoping they drag the fuck out of his ass over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. They could put him on protection. No, but there's also um, prisons where they just pri- by themselves. Prison guards where they help out the prisoners and be like, yes. hey, that's him. That's He did this. He did that. And then they kind of let them in their room and just turn their back. I dear God hope that fucking happens, man. Because yeah. he was fucking psychotic to do this shit. Um, but I think I read somewhere that he was gonna get no parole, obviously. With the I guess with the permalent I mean the extradition, what he was charged with. Mm-hmm. So would he be charged with that? Or could it switch up? Charged with what? The charges that he's facing. Is that what he's facing? Or could it change? Probably maybe add more, I don't know. Oh yeah. Throw a little speeding ticket in there. That's what he should have got. <laughs> um yeah, I hope he gets life and I hope he gets killed over there. Not even killed. I hope he gets beat up so fucking bad. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. Mm. And he just suffers. Yeah. Until he dies. Painfully and slowly. And make it gory. Because that's what he deserves. Um. Also, Jack. Remember the boyfriend of Kaylee? The ex-boyfriend? The one that she was calling? Mm-hmm. He uh, is so sad. So they had um, an Instagram account account for the dog. Oh, what's the dog's name? I follow it. He posted a couple of photos of her and the dog. And hold on. Oh, his name is Murphy. It's so sad. But look, there's there's a photo with her and the dog. It's, well, it's like three photos of her and the dog, and it, he captioned it, I could really use a lazy day with mama. Like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And then um, he said, he posted a picture with him and the puppy and said, Mom took these photos of me and dad when I was five months. For those who have been asking, I just turned a year old in December. Mm. And here are some videos with them, and he captioned it. This was my first time camping. Rate my dance moves. I don't know. It's so sad. It's a little puppy. I don't know. It's a f- f- uh, p- uh, poodle, some sort. But it's yeah, a dog. Yeah, it's a dog. But look. Oh, and he posted um in January. This is a throwback photo of me. My mom loved this one. So yeah, he's just trying to keep it up. Um, <laughs> the his first post. Oh no, he just made this post. His this Instagram of the dog. And it said, missing my mom every day, but trying to live my best life. I got to admire her beauty in the sky this evening. That's so sad. 
DNA they say they discovered on the button snap of a knife sheath that was on the bed next to the body of victim Madison Mogan. If I had one or two words to describe Maddie Mae, it would be just an, an angel and that she was, she just made me proud. Ben Mogan speaking about his daughter Madison to ABC News and describing the moment law enforcement told him they'd made an arrest in the case. And he said, Ben, this is the day that we've been waiting for. Ben also describing his emotions while reading the evidence law enforcement say they had gathered against Koberger. I just, I broke down and I just, I just cried. I could only take so much of that and I just, uh, I, I cried. I still haven't read the rest of it. The police affidavit claiming investigators believe the four college students were killed between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. They say one of the surviving roommates was awake at the time of the murders and told police she witnessed the intruder. So this is our our uh, coming back episode. We hope you all enjoyed it. It's probably our longest episode. I wrote I wrote this episode for about two weeks. Kept writing and writing it, and uh, we're trying. We're gonna try to keep up with this. Mm-hmm. We got a few life things, not life things, but our schedules are gonna be changing again. Oh yeah, but uh, we we're gonna get this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it. We're gonna be able to put out episodes for y'all. Yeah, try. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we're gonna pray on it. That was our. That was my goal of the year. Put, go back to the podcast. Any final words for you? You said. You said parole, and then I thought of uh, Selena's killer. Ooh, she's girl. Getting, she's getting, she has parole next year, I think. So let's talk about that one for a quick second. What do you think is going to happen? What do you mean? What do you think is going to happen when she gets out? You think she's going to live this happy life? You think no, she's going to buy some bodyguards? No, because she knows there's just people going to come for her. Bro, she better not enter the South. She's a done deal in the South. I she could it. probably stay up north. Selena wasn't really as popular in Mexico. I mean, she really? was, but she wasn't. Yeah. But down here in Lake Jackson, she was. Mm-hmm. Like Corpus Christi. Girl, she was born in Lake Jackson. I know, Red. That's so cool. Right? Rep and Selena. But I think when she gets out, she died her first week. I mean, it's not like they're going to go out in public of where she's going to be at, you know? Yes, they are. Them cameras gonna trace her ass, and they're gonna find her, and then there's gonna be one person. Bah. Oh, did you see the new photo that uh, Chris put out? Her mm. her man's. He put out a new her photo. Man's. Well, why you was gonna put dark humor in this, huh? <laughs> if there was nothing funny about that, I would. Anyways, yes, you tried to laugh. You put eggs in there. It's her man still on soul. He's married. He's moved on. Oh, really? He's mo- yeah, married, he's- girl? You oh. didn't know that? Uh-uh. He girl. has kids? I think so. If I die, motherfucker, you're not moving on. Me and Lizzie are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking play with me. Anyways. She's dying. She's gonna be dead. But we hope y'all enjoyed the episode and hope y'all tune in for next week. Shorty, what do you got for us tomorrow? I mean, whoa! (laughs) For next week. I have a bad teen mother case. (gasps) You found one? I already have one written. Oh, it's from... It's from before we had some. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, we'll see y'all next week for our next episode. Already? Oh, it is coming out Monday. Sorry, I'm tripping. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye. Anyone who knew Kaylee would tell you the same thing. To know her was to love her. Her love for life and everyone in it was so inspiring. She made it a priority to make everyone feel so important and so loved. There was never a day that she didn't want to race her brother because she was determined that girls were faster than boys. Or that she didn't want to go bug her little sisters. Favorite memory for me was watching the game with her. And every time the Steelers scored, I'd pick her up and I'd hold her high in the air. I didn't really realize that I was in love with Maddie until um, 
the summer of 2020. We went to McCall and spent a lot of time on the water. We floated the river and just hung out every chance we got. They went to other countries together. Kara took them to Hawaii together. We took them to Mexico together. They went to college together. They went to high school together. They lived in their own apartment together. They were sisters. She was so positive and lighthearted and understood the gift of life more than anyone I know. I remember her getting so mad at me for caring about the little things that didn't matter. She would always tell me she wouldn't know what to do without me, and now I have to live this life without her. And she taught me a lot of stuff. She taught me how to be a dad. And I didn't know that until she was gone, you know? Santa, you will not be forgotten. You have impacted so many lives and have given people so much love. I hope I can make you proud and try to leave an impact on this world and on people like you did. He had such an infectious smile and a charismatic personality. And if you knew anything about Xana as well, they were very similar in how they acted together. They were always so happy, and the way she would talk and smile about him was something I've never seen her do before. She truly loved him so much, and I know he had so much love for her. We are eternally grateful that we spent so much time with him. And I want to remind you that that's the most important message that we have for you and your families is to make sure that you spend as much time as possible with those people because time is precious and it's something you can't get back. And as Kylie Jenner would say, rise and shine. But we say it's crime time because this, this is Good Morning America. America.